Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Sports Radio 960 WSBT presents Caveman Corner. Tonight from Monterey Mexican Grill, located at 507 East McKinley Avenue, Mishawaka. It's another edition of Caveman Corner, our Monday get-together to talk Mishawaka High School Sports. Monterey located just east of Division, across from Liberty School. Good evening, I'm your host, or one of the hosts, Brian Miller, voice of the Caveman, and Dean Huppert from School City of Mishawaka alongside, and uh, it's kind of an odd week because it's been fall break and the weather suddenly got nice and everybody was out of school today. But guess what? It's a Monday and that means we get together, we get to talk Mishawaka sports, and we have a dynamite lineup tonight. Yeah, great lineup tonight. And you talk about fall break. The Mishawaka football team had a little bit of a break, but there's never a break when you're talking about sectional in the playoffs. So no. they've been working hard. We're going to be talking with Dean McCool, special teams. He does so much for Mishawaka High School and Mishawaka football. One of our historians, also Lucas Larson, senior kicker, uh, runs for the track team, and Isaiah Butte, holder, uh, one of the best baseball players that we have. And um, coming up a little bit later, we're also going to have Pete DeKeever from the Mishawaka museum and uh, the historic museum we're going to have he and Pete DeKeever and Dean McCool talking about uh, history at Mishawaka High School uh, you're not going to get two people talking more and with more knowledge than those guys actually what I thought about doing was just leaving them the microphones we could go downstairs yeah, and right. have dinner and come <laughs> back up just as long as we make kickoff of the NFL game because we do have a big one tonight on NFL Monday Night Football. But, yes, this is Caveman Corner, our Monday get-together to talk caveman sports here on 960 WSBT. Fans, remember, morning, noon, or night, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill can cater to your next gathering anywhere, 24 hours, 7 days a week, whether it's an employee appreciation or any type of celebration. Monterey is here with the best authentic Mexican served this side of the Rio Grande. For getting together with family and friends, maybe watching all the uh, the big games Call Monterey for a carryout or uh, bring the party here to Monterey. And speaking of, if you look at the setup up here at the Mont, their upstairs private event center, looks like they had a little Halloween party here over the weekend because there's still some of the, uh, some of the n- nothing too spooky that we had to, uh, you know, ask for help or uh, any counseling or anything, but it was uh, certainly looked like a really, really good time. But tonight we're going to have a good time talking Mishawaka football and certainly some Mishawaka uh, sports history uh, uh, with Dean McCool and Pete DeKeever a little later on. But, hey, let's welcome uh, a couple of the guys that put the pads on on Friday nights. Uh, Isaiah Butte, Lucas Larson. Gentlemen, as, as appropriate, you know, the kicker gets the ball after the ho- the holder holds the ball. So, Isaiah, take it away. Welcome to the show. And uh, how you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? Where, well, I'm all right. Thanks for asking. <laughs> now, the, the question is, where did this nine-week season go to? It seems like uh, literally two weeks ago I was driving to Steel Stadium for a game against Marion. And now Friday we're going to sectional round one game at Goshen. Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, it's flown by really fast. Have a really good season with a bunch of the guys, and I don't know. It's the yeah. comp- the confidence level good going into sectional. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, a lot of the teams are really competitive, and a lot of 
a lot of good fights out on the field. <laughs> Their people are getting antsy. You talked about that week off, Dean. They they don't want too much time off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Lucas Larson, uh, just talk about a rematch with Goshen. You guys are on the road. Uh, you get a week off. That was probably nice just to breathe a little bit and then say, all right, let's go at it. Sectional semifinals coming our way. Oh, yeah. Uh, after a nine-week season, it's nice to have a little bit time off, but you can't take any team lightly, especially in sectionals. And so we got back today, and we're practicing and we'll be ready for Goshen. Yeah, and talk about this guy to your right, uh, Coach McCool. I, I know he's the he's the guy who's talking to you. He's giving you confidence. He's uh, working with you technically. But uh, what kind of coach is he? Because we know he's got so much knowledge up there about Mishawaka football that uh, he's got to live in the present with you guys. But he probably has some good lessons to, to teach you to, to make you calm when you're getting out there to kick. Yeah, he's taught me a lot of things. He's probably one of the smartest people I know. But since since freshman year, He's always helped me every day when I go out and I have a question, and he just made me a better kicker overall. Yeah, and how about these guys, Coach McCool, when you're, when you're talking about their demeanor or how they approach practice or maybe the highs and lows that, that can come with that? Yeah, perfect combination. Uh, you know, when you, when you talk about an operation, a, a special teams operation, PATs, field goals, uh, you, you kind of start characterizing and looking for special words, and the word this year is perfect. They haven't missed a PAT the entire season. I've been coaching for 20-some years, and I've only had one other operation go through a season perfect. Uh, So it's remarkable. When you think of all the little things that can go wrong, uh, snap to hold the kick, and nothing has. Perfect. Yeah, one thing that that impresses me, and and, um, Lucas is my stepson, so I I see him. He's not a high-low guy, but... I don't see these guys doing huge celebrations. You know, a lot of times after a kick, there's a big snap or something, but other people come up and congratulate them. That's That may be part of, okay, this is a business operation that, that comes from you, that we're doing our job just like the quarterback or the receiver does their job. Absolutely true. That's the way we look at it. it it's just an operation. It's just a job. We do our job. Uh, as a coach, I have really only one job, and that's to make that operation right. Yeah. And uh, we spend a lot of time on it. We spend a lot of time on it. And we do congratulate each other, but sure. there's nothing flamboyant about it. I mean, we expect to make it, and when we make it, we just say good job and move on. Yeah. Got to ask you, Lucas, do you like kicking on turf or on natural grass a little better? Of course, Steel Stadium has natural grass, but this weekend you're, you're going on that uh, artificial stuff. Um, Personally, I think I like turf better because if you go out to Steel Stadium right now and look at it, it's a – after nine weeks, it gets a mess, and it gets tore up a lot, and turf throughout the year just stays the same, so I think overall, probably turf. Yeah. Isaiah, just talk about your job. Uh, we've had some weather here, and it's been wet, it's been cold. Um, uh, there's maybe been some that have been perfect snaps, but there may be one that's a little bit higher, a little bit low, but you've got to almost be a catcher there and catch the curveball if it's coming at you when you're holding. I, I think or the change-up, yes. Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit different because the weather makes it makes it hard to snap. Yeah, just the biggest concern is keeping my hands dry and ready enough to catch the ball wherever it needs to go and put it on the block for him. Yeah. Now, now that position you play, uh, you got to be smooth. I mean, you got to yeah. be that guy that, all right, I'm going to catch it soft and put it down. But when you go play defense, talk about your position there because that's got to be a different mentality. Uh, yeah, it's a whole different mindset. It's, uh, I don't know, it's just way different. And 
Yeah, as a linebacker, yeah. you're, you're going after You get to guy. hit people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes it fun. A lot of fun. We're busy with Isaiah Butte and Lucas Larson, members of the Mishawaka High School football team and kicking coach and uh, Mishawaka football historian Dean McCool here on 960 WSBT with Caveman Corner. All right, I'm going to ask the two of you because there's so much about the coordinates of the snap, and your long snapper is... Uh, Ethan Williams. The big E, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's done a great job. But the yeah. three of you guys in the unit, how much how much practice time do you guys actually get to spend together as a three as a as a uh, three member team special teams during the week? Uh I would say we get pretty much a decent amount of time with yeah. uh special teams and sometimes before and after practice we do certain things and yeah, I would say we get pretty good. Now, I know while the guys were taking care of the burrito Monterey here a little while ago, uh, by the way, that was like a, yeah, that was, that was, that was a watch party there to see all that. Um, I had asked Lucas, would you rather kick in wet, rainy weather, or would you rather kick in, you know, cold, windy weather, or what's tougher, I guess, is maybe how I worded it. But talk, talk about the difference, and uh, I guess if you have a preference. Um, so I personally would rather kick in rainy weather, even though – Sometimes in rainy weather, it's hard to keep your plant foot. You can control more of the ball, whereas in the wind, the wind controls the ball more. So, How long did it take to, to block out the crowds? It's got to be awesome to play at, at Steel Stadium, um, but you guys have played in, in front of some big crowds this year. Uh, the Warsaw game was big, and uh, all of a sudden the Northwood game was huge. Um, and Penn was a Penn was an awesome atmosphere, but um, when you go out, you know, coach is saying, "Okay, stay focused." Are, are there things that you do in practice that you do block that out, or is it just okay? We've got a one, two, three. This is what happens when we get out there. Yeah, it's it's just the operation running smoothly. Like you can't you can't think about it when you go out there, or bad things will happen. But if you go out there and just have a good mindset and just focus on what you have to do, it'll it'll be good. Yeah. Do you guys have anything, Isaiah, that uh, that afterwards you you have a look, or maybe even beforehand that you you can give each other a little bit of confidence, or you can say, "All right, we got this. Let's go do our job." Or is there is it just happened so quick? Because uh, a lot of times you guys are looking over at Coach Kinder or Coach Coach McCool, and are we going to go for one? Or are we going to go for two? So it's an instant of, "All right, let's get out there." Uh, usually, right before the kick, I look at him. He gives me a nod, so I know he's usually ready to go. And all, all that is just right happen or just happens right away and just yeah good things happen yeah yeah coach let me ask you this question because from a softball baseball standpoint as a softball coach at MHS you're making adjustments with a batter swing or grip or whatnot but you're not doing too much changing in season from from a hitter standpoint how is that with the kicking game is most of the the work and the tutelage done in the off season per se or when are you working on the i guess the uh, the breakdown and the fundamentals more and what adjustments or when do you make adjustments yeah the, me- the mechanics happen in the summer <clears throat> excuse me and i rarely make adjustments to mechanics during the season what we talk about is getting back to your basic mechanics because by the time the season comes, we all know the mechanics. And sometimes you get a little away from them, uh, and it's just a minor little thing. And we talked about it with Lucas a little bit earlier this year. Just get back to your basic mechanics, and everything falls into place. Because it's muscle memory. We know what we're doing. We just have to follow the mechanics. So any adjustment that I see that needs to be made now wouldn't be made until summertime because I wouldn't want to go backwards during the season. How much of the kicking game is mental? <laughs> 
about 99%. And, and Lucas will tell you, I talk to him about this all the time. I, anybody can kick a football, but kicking a football in a big game uh, with a rush coming at you and having 1.4 seconds to get it off and through the uprights, that's all mental because the mechanics of kicking, anybody can learn. It's mastering the mental that makes a good kicker from an average kicker. Now, Isaiah, I got to ask you: Is you're sitting there with the, uh, you're ready, you're holding the microphone, kind of right. You're getting ready to hold the ball for Lucas. Get get, get get the laces proper. Get the right lean to it, and so on. How did you become the holder? Did you volunteer? Were you? Did you did you lose a bet? Did you? Uh, um, and I know you know the the, the K have had different holder a couple times earlier in the year and so forth. But how did you become the guy? Uh. I held I held a little bit my freshman year uh, behind Brady, but uh, I don't know. But a few things went wrong with Brady, I guess, and they asked me to keep doing it this year and one practice, and I, I was a guy. You enjoy it? I, it's not bad. I mean, it gives me something to do, something to help the team, and I can do what I can. So. Well, and Brady has so much responsibility. It's got to be hard yeah. for a quarterback to go out there, take all those hits, and then all of a sudden it's it's time to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's kind of ironic because, you know, normally in football holding is not good. Mm-hmm. When you get called for holding, it's bad, but you're proud of being <laughs> somebody <laughs> who's holding, and you put it down there. Um, I, I, Coach, i got to ask you, you know, the, the game – has changed so much through the years. You know, I, I can remember uh, being in New Orleans and seeing a 50-yard field goal through, go through, and people thought it was crazy. But now they're trying 60-yard or 63-yard, and and it just seems like the kicker has become more of that offensive threat. But there's almost no limits to how far that ball can go now. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, the, the science, the technology, and the analysis of kicking has done so much to improve kicking. In the old days, and when I say old days, I, when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I mean, most of us were toe bashers, and you just yeah. got, got the guy with the biggest leg, and you kicked it as hard as you could, and that was the kicker. And we've gone way past that now, and the computer analysis and all kinds of things have just totally changed it. And you're right, they're, they're really... I'm not sure there is a limit. I mean, I, I've been to kicking camps where I've seen guys kick 70, 75-yard field goals. You, if, if, you look at a, if you're on the field and you look at that distance, you say there's no way. Can't, can't happen. And then boom. But I, I've seen it happen. Yeah. Wow. I, I, practicing in the neighborhood, uh, you see Lucas kicking. And it used to be on his street that it was, oh, look at that. It's a nice little kick, you know, eighth grade <laughs> freshman. And then as he, as he got stronger in soccer, now it's like kicking from the driveway. Okay, now it's not only going to the first driveway, but it's going to the third house down, which is <laughs> which is a lot of fun to to watch him. But it, it it's interesting to see just how much each of these guys takes seriously their role on the team. Uh, he'll come home from practice, and if it's not a good day, he wants to continue practicing. I'm I'm sure if 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 Trey doesn't do something right, he's thinking, okay, how do I get better the next day in practice? That pride has to come from the cohesion that the coaches have and that our leader in Coach Kinder has and probably the history of Mishawaka football. There's a responsibility for these guys when they go out there and they play this game. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. Coach Kinder talks about the standard, the Got Mishawaka it, yeah. standard, and, and everyone knows what it is, and it's the absolute best you can do, and nobody wants to harm that standard. So whether it's a kicker or a holder or a quarterback or an offensive lineman, 
they all want to play to that standard. And if they don't, they're upset with themselves. And, and that's a great thing. You know, what I love about that, Brian, it's not only the standard on the football field, but they have those high expectations when they're off the field. How In they the treat classroom. people, how they treat uh, young ladies and things like that. i got to ask Lucas now. So uh, we talked to Isaiah about, you know, the hold. But when you hit it, do you know before you even look it up whether it's good or not? Uh. Yeah, usually the noise off the from the foot to the ball, or just the feel. Yeah, the feel of it. If actually, when kicking a football, the if you feel it less, when you know that's how you know you hit the sweet spot. And so sometimes, if I have that feeling, I don't even look up. I just I look at the refs and they're going like that, and I just run. That's back. that's the greatest thing in the world with their <laughs> both arms stretched straight up, uh, up and down. Now, uh, being a kicker, maybe not always the most glorious job. And sometimes you can be the goat, you know, and I don't mean the greatest of all time. You can be the bad guy sometimes, unfortunately. But when did you decide you wanted to be a kicker and you were serious about it as far as being a high school football kicker? Um, so when John Young first got their soccer team back in eighth grade, when I was in eighth grade, uh, Coach, Coach Kinder actually came up to me and asked me if I wanted to come out and kick. And so that, that same year on Christmas time, I got a tee and I just went out. All was of- that a stocking stuffer? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I love it. Um, but, yeah, that whole summer I just kicked. Uh, eighth grade summer, then I came out in ninth grade, and i just been kicking since. Yeah, I can remember going to Coach Kinder and saying, okay, we need the exact ball because he wants to work, and then got a net in the garage. But uh, one of the people who really helped you, Connor George, was a great role model and somebody who – who you followed from soccer practice over to football practice. He'd give you a ride to soccer games and, and things like that, that, okay, I'm going to do what this guy does. And he got good grades too, but Connor was a great help for you. Uh, yeah, he was. He kind of he kind of helped me through freshman and sophomore year, and he was kind of just my leader that I could go to during school or during the game or during practice, and he'd just help me with whatever. That's a big deal, isn't it, Coach, that the older guys helping the younger guys showing them the way. Absolutely, it's a big deal. And uh, if you remember, when Lucas was a freshman, Connor had an injury, and we actually thought Lucas was going to kick as a freshman. And I had every confidence in him. We we were ready to put him in for PATs as a freshman. And that's because of the work he'd done with with Connor and leading up to it. Uh, And we were ready to go. Yeah, I can remember the first... uh kick the, that was on steel stadium and uh freshman game and it's like oh my gosh here he goes so we're putting him out there the pressure and then i looked over at mom and i'm like okay i'm really calm compared to her because she's yeah. watching this game and and she gives you a phrase before every game that uh god takes you to it and god will take you through it that's right it says Amen. it every game right before so that's a that's a great reminder to Hey, you go out there, you got a little pressure on you, but that's fine. It's going to be okay no matter what happens. Talking Mishawaka football here on K-Bank Corner from 960 WSBT Radio. Visiting with assistant coach Dean McCool, historian for Mishawaka football. He's going to join uh, Pete DeKeever here in just a few moments, and we're going to talk some Mishawaka K-Bank history. But did Dean mention Isaiah or Lucas? Did he mention about a quiz tonight on the show? I didn't tell him anything. You didn't tell him anything. Okay, well, this is called Rapid Fire. I'm sure you've heard of this before and the other uh, sport programs and, and shows and podcasts that you follow. But I'm going to ask you just a few very brief questions. There is no wrong answer. Well, there might be, but but remember, this is live radio. So first question is, uh, Lucas, I'll lead off with you. Uh, favorite class in school? Uh, probably this year, biology. This year, biology. Okay, about, well, never mind. Go ahead, Isaiah, your turn. 
Uh, I would say probably kinesiology. Very yes. good. All right, favorite teacher, Lucas? Um, Michael Surgeon. Michael Surgeon. Oh, Surge is – you're on his fan club then, eh? Butte, how about you? Uh, I'd have to say Coach Surgeon too. Nothing wrong with that. He he will definitely have to buy you guys Even lunch. Even at no. 6 o'clock in the morning yeah. in the summer yeah. when you're, like, down on your knees? Maybe wow, not then. that's impressive. <clears throat> Maybe not then. Now, here's, here's a question I've asked all your teammates throughout the year. Favorite uniform, maroon, white, or the alternate gray? I personally like the alternate gray. All sure. right. All right. Isaiah? Uh, I feel like you can't go wrong with all white. I love the all white. I will second that. Pre-game meal, post-game meal, what's your, your favorite uh, quote-unquote pick out, either pre-game or post-game? Um, post-game, usually I either go – I have three choices. I either go to Canes, Culver's, or Wings. Or Monterey, right? One, one of those, right? Okay. And how about you, Isaiah? Uh, I would say either Culver's or uh, Canes. We're going to start charging these places for advertising <laughs> fees, by the way. Uh, favorite pro and college sports team? Um, favorite pro, probably the Indianapolis Colts. And then good answer. College, probably Notre Dame. That's even a better answer. How about you, Isaiah? Uh, I like the Seahawks and the and Notre Dame and the Irish. All right. Last but not least, super superstition. I know you're not because you're wearing 13. All right. Are you superstitious in the soul about what, Lucas? Um. And I don't you, can't, think. you can't answer a little stitious because he's an little office stitious, fan, too. Yeah. So you're yeah, superstitious? You <laughs> not really. Not really. No, well, you were a 13, so I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Isaiah? No, I don't think so. No? All right. Guys, best of luck on Friday night at Goshen, and uh, thanks for being here on the show with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Isaiah Butte and Lucas Larson, senior members of the Mishawaka High School football team. Dean McCool will join Pete DeKeever. Dean and I here in just a few moments. We'll take this time out. This is K-Man Corner on 960 WSBT. Hey, welcome back to Caveman Corner. We're here live at Monterey Mexican Grill. Oh, it's a lot of fun with Caveman Corner every Monday night at 7 o'clock. Big news for Mishawaka this weekend. Liam Bauschke won the cross-country regional at New Prairie, and the boys and girls cross-country teams were there. Boys finished ninth, girls 13th out of 25. It was a great season for them. Girls basketball practice officially started last Monday, so it's a lot of fun to see the winter sports starting to come in, but Liam gets to go to state, so we're going to be following him all the way. And, of course, Mishawaka plays at Goshen this Friday night. It's sectional semifinal. The game will be on 96.1 FM, and you can get tickets online with Goshen Sports. And, you know, Lucas's little brother, Blake, is here with us tonight, too. He's 10 years old, and, uh, Blake, you wanted to give a little shout-out to somebody, so go ahead. This is your chance. Hi, Mom. Hi, Grandma and Grandpa. All right. That, that's your first interview, right? Well All right. So we got him. We got rights to say that. And he we stayed had within the network four second uh, shout out, too. <laughs> so he did a great job. Great, great job. It is a pleasure to welcome Pete DeKeever to our broadcast at K Man Corner, uh, joining Dean McCool along with Dean Huppert. I'm Brian Miller. Pete, welcome. Thank you. It My is, pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to have you here. I know Dean had a, a long uh, itinerary. <laughs> I'm. I say we just throw the notes out the window. We could just sit and literally, we could just talk. Mishawaka Sports, in fact, sometimes some of the best parts of the show 
or off the air because just the conversation, Dean and Pete, you guys were having, what about, 1925? Uh, 1920, um, Mishawaka football team, mythical state champions, the game against South Bend. Now, let's yeah. report, you guys were not there, okay? So let's just <laughs> no. make sure we clear the air on all that for those that are maybe going, what? They, they were there? No. But just, just uh, I learned a lot just sitting there for five minutes hearing you guys and your conversation. Yeah, that 1920 uh, team is one of our, I think, one of our favorite subjects to talk about uh, in Mishawaka sports history. Uh, that was our first mythical state championship, and it involved defeating South Bend in an epic battle uh, at Springbrook Park in 1920. And um, it's just one of the great moments in Mishawaka sports history. Well, I know one of the things we were talking also earlier that my dad is a 1948 South Bend Central graduate and had shared with me several years ago going through some old boxes of stuff, and one of those was in mint condition, a, a program from Mishawaka, South Bend Central, like Thanksgiving Day or Thanksgiving weekend high school football game back in like 47, 48 at Notre Dame Stadium, mm-hmm. which I can't even fathom, but uh, yeah, throw me back in a time machine to go back to one of those nights. That would have been special. For about 20 years, 20-plus years, Mishawaka and South Bend played at Notre Dame, first at Cartier Field, and then when the stadium was built um, at Notre Dame Stadium, and 10, 20,000 people would be there at those high school football games. Well, speaking of a special place, and certainly Notre Dame Stadium is that. Steel Stadium is oh, certainly yeah. that. But, uh, <laughs> hey, let's also talk about a place called The Cave because I know it's coming up on a big anniversary, and uh, – the guy sitting to my right as an athletic director took more pride in the cave and maintaining its its heritage, maintaining its its look and its its flavor. Um, you've got so many stories about it, and just uh, it is a special, special place. When you walk in, you can feel the history. Yeah, it is a sacred space. That's how I think of the cave. And of course, Steel Stadium is the same way, uh, but there's an intimacy uh, in the cave. Uh, going back a century, uh, and we're looking um, next year, December 27th, 1924, actually, was the first basketball game played in the cave, and so it's a big anniversary that we're looking forward to. When you see the intricacies of that with the crow's nest and uh, just the the rafters and and the wooden seats, the corners, it it just feels like it should have been in the movie Hoosiers. But we're so lucky that that we have that. And and it always didn't go that direction because the the, the floor went the other way and there there weren't bleachers all the way around. Right. The original configuration of that gym was half the size of what it currently is. And so it ran east-west, and there was a huge brick wall with tall windows on the south side of, of the gym. So really there was seating on three sides, and then a brick wall and windows on, on the south side. I think it could seat around 1,400, 1,500, although I've read accounts where there were some games where there were 2,000 people packed in there. Yeah, it's like the fire marshal. The fire marshal had he took no, the night off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was yeah. out of town, vacation, yeah. yes. Wow. <laughs> when you think of Steel Stadium and, and Coach McCool, I know you've done an, an amazing job with the history of Mishawaka football, but it just must be special to know that, that at that 
facility since 1939. All the Mishawaka greats have have come out there, and uh, we'll ask ask Pete in just a moment just about how the stadium came about and how it was built. But uh, there's just been so many memories, and when you go into that locker room or you see the guts of the stadium, it, it just must make you proud that you know what those guys are doing what our guys are doing right now. Yeah, it's not only. Oh, hold on, my bad. <clears throat> it's not only a pride thing. It's uh, it, it's overwhelming and humbling to think of all of the athletes, all the football players over all those years that have been in the same locker room, walked down the same tunnel, walked through the same gate, stood on the same field. It's, it's literally overwhelming. I think every night when I walk out on the field, how many people have done it and how many, how many great people, when you think of all the, all the Michigan football players and all the great things they've done and all before us and all that history and it's that foundation that I believe still makes Mishawaka football what it is today. And if you haven't been in the locker room, the helmets that are up there of the different years, it's really cool to see that that the history has been appreciated and preserved. And when we put the video scoreboard in, it was a big deal. It was a little bit scary to say, God, you don't want to screw this place up. And and we actually did a test run with a monster message board on one end of the stadium just to see if it would be right because we didn't want to put anything that would take away from the background of the high school. And I think that's one of the magical things that when they built this stadium – boy, we, we have that beautiful high school in the background, almost like Duke University, and then the community and so many people helped help bring that place about. And uh, it was the WPA in 1939, right? Right. Yeah, in 1938 and 1939, the WPA built the concrete bleachers. Uh, but really, we also have to remember that the stadium actually goes back to uh, 1926 in terms of games being played on that site. Uh, would have just been bleachers or people standing on either side, but um, dirt was brought in to help raise the level of the field. That dirt came from the Mishawaka Hills, is what I've read. And so for 13 years, they're playing on that field, and then the concrete bleachers are completed by September 1939 for that first game. It was against Mooseheart Academy from Illinois. Uh, and so We've been playing football in that sacred space since 1926, but the, the stadium as it looks today with those wonderful concrete bleachers since 1939. You know, that's interesting wow. because the field is higher than the street and higher yeah. than the sidewalks yeah. there, too. That's yeah, pretty that's, incredible. You, know, that's, you talk about just hard to maintain because in this day and age, the mentality is, oh, tear it down, let's build new. Oh, yeah. tear it down, we don't need that. Oh, tear it down, it's old. And thank goodness the people well before any of us sitting at, the, at this you know, table tonight um, had the peace of mind to maintain that history and, mm-hmm. and, and keep that legacy. Uh, what is Steel Stadium? What is Tupper Field? Uh, and there is no better view than sitting in the press box looking at the school as the lights and mm-hmm. the, the flag and just – the, the crowds. I mean, it, it is special. Well, and when Mike Faulkner put in the railings, it it, it just it seems to fit like they've been there yeah. forever. Yeah. But they're so helpful to the people, and it didn't take away from the integrity of the cement bleachers and the mm-hmm. and the stadium of what we have. Uh, Coach, I got to ask you, uh, Coach McCool, greatest high school football team in Mishawaka history. I mean, if you look back and say, oh which one mm-hmm. do you think uh, that tops them all? If they had to play each other, and it's like I'm going to this team. Yeah, I, I got to think of the, the back-to-back undefeated steel teams, um, 25 and 26. Uh, y- you know, I, I don't think that'll ever be repeated. And it, it's hard to compare 
eras of football. It's very difficult to say the 2023 cavemen are better or worse than the 1920 cavemen. But when I think of a team that regardless of the competition, regardless of the area, that went back-to-back seasons undefeated and mythical state championships, I don't think you can do better than that. Yeah, I was, I was reading an old yearbook today, and uh, I, I can't remember the year. I'm not like you guys, but <laughs> there was a manager, and his name was Ferry, and they didn't have enough room on the bus. And this manager and another person rode on top of the bus <laughs> with nice. the luggage back in the day. And it was one of the craziest stories I had, I had ever seen. I'll send that to you guys because it was just one of those. I'm like, are you kidding me? But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, Pete, talk a little bit about the Mishawaka History Museum and how it, how it brings in Mishawaka athletics because I think people would be amazed if they go there and they're going to find the cavemen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a wonderful schools exhibit in the Mishawaka Historical Museum. And, of course, the largest part of that schools exhibit is Mishawaka High School. All across the back wall of the museum, there's all sorts of wonderful artifacts. We have a piece of gym floor from the old Mishawaka High School that was on Lincoln Way West, built in 1910. That was Mishawaka High School for 14 years. That's the centerpiece of our back wall. We have a blanket that was used on the bench at Mishawaka High School home basketball games in the early 1960s. So the players sat on this blanket that said Maroons. We have a caveman club uh, used by a mascot from the 1960s or 70s. Wow. Um, uh, all, all kinds of other artifacts just related to the school itself, the academic aspect of the school. Um, uh, team pictures of some of the great Mishawaka High School sports teams, and we rotate those because we've had so many great Mishawaka High School sports teams. And uh, always in the centerpiece of that display of team photos is the 1955 um, Mishawaka High School basketball team that went to the Elite Eight in the state finals, Leroy Johnson's sophomore year. And so that has pride of place along the, uh, the back wall of the museum in that uh, Mishawaka High School yeah, sports exhibit. Boy, Leroy was so good, <laughs> went to IU, and uh, and when he came back and we, we honored him, his family, he, he was so was grateful. Yeah. But he said, you know what, Mishawaka took care of me as a kid. I came here from Indianapolis, and, and you can tell that story of Leroy coming back, and you were responsible for us honoring him, and there were tears when, and it was so cool to see our young people like go up to him and, hey, Leroy, it's great to see you. I saw you on a picture, but uh, when he came back, uh, he appreciated and told the story of being a kid in Indianapolis who maybe people didn't want, but Mishawaka just put their arms around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a very inspiring story, uh, and particularly when you consider the fact that Mishawaka was an almost entirely white community in 19, late 40s, early 50s, and here's this black child coming to Mishawaka, being embraced by the community, growing up in the orphan's home there at Logan and Lincoln Way, but attending Mishawaka schools, Mary Phillips, Maine Junior High, and he starts his basketball career in the little gymnasium there at the old Mary Phillips School. Of course, he's a star at Maine Junior High and then a superstar at Mishawaka High School. And even though he's lived you know, most of his life away from Mishawaka, this is his hometown, and he speaks with great pride of it. And he tells his colleagues, his friends, and all these different places where he's lived or travels to about what it was like for him to grow up in Mishawaka, and he speaks of it in glowing terms. And that's something 
where we can see our community helped make Leroy Johnson uh, the great man that he is. Yeah, he told me one story. Uh, he said, you know, I, I'm not sure there's there's some distrust in uh, across the country with police and, and, and African Americans. He said, but, you know, when I was a kid, they would help me get to school. Yeah. And some of the policemen would stop by and, hey, Leroy, come on, man, um, because he... he he didn't have a bike. He didn't have mm-hmm. uh, somebody to take him all the time. He had a mile and a half to walk he to sure Mishawaka did. High School along Lincoln Way. Yeah, and his, his friends, they, they cannot believe that story, uh, but it, it, it's true. Right. And uh, so it was a very supportive place for Leroy to grow up in. There was even a lot of love in that orphan's home. They had 100 kids living there, but uh, the supervisors there, the adults who worked there, um, they loved those children like they were their own. Some amazing thoughts and some amazing memories as we visit with Pete DeKeever of the Mishawaka Historical Museum. Dean McCool, kicking coach and football team historian for the Mishawaka K-Band football program here. This is K-Band Corner on 960 WSBT. We've got about another seven or eight minutes of remaining in the show. Um, let's let's take a little time. Let's talk some football here. Um, sectionals launch here on Friday night. Class 5A sectional semis. Cavemen go to Goshen, and that game in itself has so much history uh, with the cavemen and the, then the Redskins, and uh, oh, there might have been a, a little coaching uh, search at one time involving both schools, uh, just, and now Northern Lakes Conference games, but prior to that, Northern Indiana Conference, uh, and, and so much more. Uh, you guys take a minute, let's talk about uh, uh, Goshen and Mishawaka football history. Well, I think uh, <clears throat> the first thing I'd like to point out when we talk about history we're visiting Foreman Field to play Goshen. This is the 100th year of Foreman Field. Wow. It was dedicated mm-hmm. in 1923. So when you're, when you're playing football in northern Indiana and some of these old schools, Mishawaka first played Goshen in 1909. Uh, we've played them roughly 50 times. I don't remember the exact number. But it's, a, it's an old, old rivalry. And we're playing on, now obviously the field and the stadium is, has been modernized, but it's the same site as the original Foreman mm-hmm. Field dedicated in 1923. Mishawaka first played there in 1924. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then, yeah, you have the yeah, the whole Bill Doba connection oh, yeah. uh, with Goshen High School and Bill coming to Mishawaka and then the great things that Bill did at Mishawaka. So there's there's some really, really intertwining stories. There was also a little time off after Bill Doba <laughs> left Goshen yeah. and came to Mishawaka that the uh, caveman and, and Goshen did not play one Correct. another. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, I mean, I think we always look forward to playing Goshen. We, we missed them for a long time, not being in the NLC. You know, we kind of went our separate ways. This will be uh, actually only the third time we've, uh, the fourth time. We played them three times previous in the playoffs, always, ironically, in the second round. And we play them in the second round again Friday. So this will be the fourth time we played them, always in the second round. We're one and two right now. We expect to be one and three, or three and one, I'm sorry. We're two and one. We expect to be three and one after Friday. Well, let's uh, hope that the uh, balls bounce on that turf at Foreman Field <laughs> the, the right way. Uh, Pete, talk as far as the uh, the museum for those that have not been there before, and I am embarrassed to say I'm one of those people. Okay. Um, tell us, you know, what what fans could do if they want to come out and check out the museum and maybe touch on a few uh, of the items as far as football is concerned. Sure. Uh, our museum is located at 121 South Main Street, right in the heart of downtown Mishawaka, diagonally across from the post office. Uh, we are open Tuesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And um, again, just all kinds of Mishawaka exhibits in there. Um, 
in terms of the city as a whole, there's industries and churches and faith, historic, famous Mishawakans. And our famous Mishawakans display also includes some Mishawaka High School football players, George Glianix, Chick Majoli. We have items, artifacts from them. Uh, there's some of the luminaries that come from Mishawaka football. We have military heritage exhibit. And then um, also in the, um, in the schools exhibit, uh, I know from Mishawaka High School football, we do have a football helmet that was worn like back in the 1990s. Um, just a variety of sports and academic items represented, those team photographs. And so it's a great Special. way to relive uh, the glories of Mishawaka High School sports past. Uh, Pete, we're coming up on a huge anniversary here, and, uh, you know, we talk about Mishawaka athletics and, and all the greats that you're just mentioning some. Ann Aurora was just a, a monumental athlete, but the volleyball program, we had Steve Anderson on a couple couple weeks ago, and it's just it's fascinating to hear his stories because he's like that wax figure that actually lived it. <laughs> and one of the greatest was 1983. Yes, the 1983 uh, team, that was our second state championship, the second of three in the 1980s. And to win that state championship, Mishawaka had to play number two in the country, Muncie Burris, uh, in the state finals, the state championship game. And everybody just assumed Muncie Burris, as good as Mishawaka was that year, Muncie Burris would win because they were Muncie Burris. They had no chance. And, yes. and it was an epic battle. At the time, many thought of it as the greatest high school volleyball game ever played in the state of Indiana. Some may still think of it in those terms. And at the end of the day, Mishawaka came out on top. And it's one of the great wins in the history of Mishawaka High School sports. And I always refer to it as the greatest upset in Mishawaka High School sports history when you consider that's the number two team in the country that we beat. Like a volleyball factory yes. at Muncie Burris, yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, you guys uh, both had connections with Marv Wood. We saw the statue. Uh, uh, pretty amazing that uh, – came from Milan through uh, North Central and ended up here, and, and we were blessed with Marv and Mary Lou for all these years. Mm -hmm. And actually, when we talk about items in the museum, uh, we're very fortunate to have a coach's letter jacket that was worn by Marvin Wood around 1971. Um, I know he was an assistant track coach. I, I didn't realize that until actually just a couple days ago. Wow. But um, the, the jacket is embroidered with M. Wood, and we know for sure the provenance of it. So that is one of our treasured uh, relics. Uh, but Marvin Wood, um, I always make sure when we're taking people through the museum that I retell the story of Marvin Wood and Milan and Hoosiers uh, to help make that connection because not all of our visitors know that story. And Marvin is certainly one of the... Uh, most significant Mishawakans of the 20th century because of his connection to Milan and, of course, also the wonderful things that he did here in Mishawaka no for both yeah. boys and girls. Yeah, Brian, we're um, uh, we're going to be working with both Coach McCool and, and Pete DeKeever on the, the caveman name, so stay tuned because there's different twists and turns <laughs> with the caveman name, and I, I think these guys have pretty much nailed it down to to the year and, and the story that, that where that came from, and, and we've just got a minute or two here. I, I'm sorry to put you on the spot with that to shorten it up, but I think we've got a pretty close, and when we put that caveman statue up, we can have the name and, and how it came to be. Yeah, and I, I think the, the most important thing about it, at least to me, is that it wasn't originated by a Mishawaka person. We believe that actually a South Bend Tribune and South Bend Central student came up with the name as a derogatory term, and Mishawaka the following year turned it around to a positive 
and we've been the caveman ever since. So that's the short wow. version of the story. I do want to add really, really quickly, my basketball career followed the exact same path as Leroy Johnson, Mary Phillips, May Junior High School in Mishawaka. Really? However, I didn't have quite the same success. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still going, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah, You're doing pretty well, Dean. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. Gentlemen, we could sit here another hour and talk without a commercial break or without hesitation. I want to throw out an invitation to both of you to come back. I know Dean does all of our scheduling for the show, but uh, we're going to promise to send out another invitation to you guys yet during our broadcast season now through February and um, have you back as we, we could talk K-Band sports and, and just the history and the tradition and so much of the pageantry is, is awesome. Pete, thank you for being here. Wonderful meeting you and Dean. Keep up the good work. Let's, uh, let's get a K-Band win Friday Thanks, night. Thanks. My pleasure. All right, Dean, a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, sure was. Thank you, guys. It is Sportsman, uh, Sports Radio 960. That is WSBT. We're going to pause now for NFL Monday Night Football. This has been K-Band Corner live here from Monterey Mexican Grill located at 507 East McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka. Don't forget Mishawaka Football Friday night. We'll have it on our sister station, 96.1 The Ton, kicking off at 7 o'clock, pregame show at 640 right here. For Dean Huppert, I'm Brian Miller. Thanks for tuning in. This has been K-Man Corner on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.